Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. I don't like the tricolour. I think the tricolour is identity politics writ large. Why would you say Ireland's divided into two communities? Uh, one is green, Catholic and nationalist, and the other is orange, Protestant and loyalist, and the white in between is the peace between the two. It's very much part of the modern identity politics rubbish going on that, you know, we all have to divide each other exactly by our catechisms, by our differences, by our races, by our colours. Wolf Tone's whole idea was just the common name of Irishmen, forget about Protestant Catholic dissent or forget about all of that, we're just Irish. And that's kind of where the show was coming from. So it's going to upset both Republican sensibilities and Unionist sensibilities. If you've ever watched The Late Late Show, then you probably already know my special guest on this episode. Paddy Cullivan is the frontman of the Camber Quartet, The Late Late's house band for many years, uh, while Ryan Tuberty was at the helm. Paddy is also, though, a historical entertainer, a performer who brings together history, music, comedy and the visual arts and combines them brilliantly into stage shows where he takes big historical stories and makes them accessible and entertaining, sometimes ruffling a few feathers along the way. And his latest play might certainly ruffle a few of those feathers because it focuses on a united Ireland. It's set in the Ireland of 2032, and we're now living in a brand new 32-county Ireland. I can't believe it's not Ireland, is described as an hilariously insightful journey through the history of partition and the Ireland of the future. And Paddy Cullivan is here to tell me all about it. We get stuck in to a few other very interesting areas too. You know, unionists know that 1690 was the date of the Battle of the Boyne. In Ireland, we think 1690 is a normal price to pay for a burger in a pub, like in, in the <laughs> South. Like, honestly, that's how much we know. Yeah. The far right aren't all far right. There's just the usual thing of like, well, the place isn't working. We have what I call dark line demagogues, people who roll out of their beds in Dalky, roll onto the dart and head into town, have a lovely time. It's not their fault, but they think the whole of Ireland's like that. It's not. Well, what are we? What is Irishness? Mm. And we go, we love potatoes and we love tea. There's two of the things, dietary things that define Irishness. Well, potatoes Mm. are from America and tea is from China. So those are two unvetted immigrants that came into Ireland and we took them on as our own thing, potatoes and tea. My full chat with Paddy coming up in just a few minutes time. But as I said, Paddy's plays sometimes deal with topics that are, let's say, a bit divisive. So once word got out that he was coming on to this episode for a chat, the Mario Rosenstock voicemail hotline started firing on all cylinders. Hi, you've reached the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Please leave a message. How are you? This is Jerry Adams. Message for Paddy Cullivan, Fadi Nikulivan. Great choice today, an artist, a poet, a rebel. Paddy is wolf tone with a guitar. This is Pascal Donoghue, Minister for Public Expenditure. Message for Paddy Cullivan. Love a bit of satire, um, Paddy. Um, but describing the Green Party as Fine Gael on bikes is just going to get you a huge bleeding box in the mouth, OK? So if you don't want to wake up with a crowd around you, shut your trap. Thank you very much for your attention. Oh, this is Johnny again. By the way... I know Paddy is obsessed with uh, who shot uh, Michael Collins. Just to let you know, um, I had nothing to do with it. Nothing. Cheers. <laughs> oh, Paddy, it's Ryan Tuberty. It's Tubbs. Do you remember me? Oh, I love your United Ireland stuff. United Ireland, my grandfather, rat a chat a chat a chat Bit of a messer. <laughs> 
a maggot down the back of the Republican class. Paddy, oh, I need a house band for my Virgin Media show in the UK. <laughs> Give me a call. <laughs> Paddy, how are you? This is the other Paddy. Paddy Keelty speaking like an aeroplane that's about to take off. Paddy, pretty much all of the late, late this year is composed of people who are talking about a united Ireland. It would be great to get somebody on who isn't a Nordy. Give me a call. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to hear from Paddy Keelty for the first time on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Listen, um, we're about to get to, to the main part of the podcast now. But if you like this podcast, please tell one other person about it. You can contact me directly as well at mariorosenstock at gmail.com. I, I read them all and I get back to most of them. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook if you need. So let's meet the writer, performer, star of I Can't Believe It's Not Ireland, historical entertainer, Paddy Cullivan. That's very good, yeah. I like it. Uh, listen, come here. Um, how many gigs are you doing? You're doing? I kind of had a look at your website. You're doing a lot of gigs this year. I am. I'm. I'm hopefully getting to. I did eighty last year of the Murder Wolf Tone and the Murder mm. Michael Collins, and now my big show this mm. year, as well as continuing those shows in places I haven't done them yet. But I'll be doing. Mm. I can't believe it's not Ireland. A brand new show. You know, I've done a lot of shows about history, Mario. You know, about the past, and this show is kind of about the future. It's about imagining what a united Ireland will be like. We have the. You know, we have the big referendum, the border poll in twenty thirty. We go for it. And then what's the new country like in 2032? And I'm kind of envisioning, remembering the future, as the great historian Guy Biner might say. It's a, it's, it's, yeah. I'm doing the history of partition in the show as well that's brought us to this point, even back to ancient times. But I'm also then imagining what a future Ireland will be like. Yeah, I've got the blurb here, actually, here. And it says here, mm-hmm. imagine this. It's 2032. The people have spoken on both sides of the border and Ireland is a brand new 32-county country. There's a new flag a new anthem. There's even a new capital. As Unionists holiday in the South, discovering the imperial joys of Royal Dublin, Southerners discovered the ancient landscape of Ulster, beyond the retail outlets of Newry and Titanic Belfast. Magical things happen when you create a new country where everything is on the table and it's exciting. Explain to me more about that. I mean, elaborate on it all. I mean, I'm fascinated by the... Do do you do a new flag in the show? Do you you, you posit that idea? Do you do a new anthem? Do you posit that idea? Uh, What else? I do everything in the show, Mario. Basically, I, I mean, it's funny. I, I toured around the North a lot uh, last year and it was quite amazing to see, you know, I was doing the Murder Wolf Tome, which is all about the 1798 rebellion, which is all about a bunch of Protestants and Presbyterians actually deciding to invent Irish republicanism and rise up against the overlords. And it, amazingly at my shows, I was in a town like Down Patrick, where it's 90% Catholic. And afterwards, my friend Paul McChristen came over and says, you do realize about 60% of the people here were actually Protestant. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I, that's this is amazing. So a lot of these people are coming to my shows, coming up with ideas. And I said, I need to do a show because it, it's it seems to me that the United Ireland is actually coming a lot quicker than we think. It's And we've got to prepare for it. And funny enough, then in Antrim, my friend Stephen McCracken, again, himself a Presbyterian, descendant of Henry Joy McCracken, was running an 11-day festival in Antrim to do with 1798 and the locals loved it. Everybody was having a great time. And I sat down and I said to Stephen, I've got to come up with a show about the future, about, you know, because it's coming right down the tracks and we have to be ready. And and I also I want it to be fun. And I want to say like, what, what can we do with this new country? Because it, it's like starting again, which is really fantastic. And I said, but of course I can't call it United Ireland, which is 
full of connotations of republicanism in the 70s and all. And then I hate shared Ireland and I hate new Ireland because they're kind of wishy-washy and crap. And, and agreed Ireland as well annoys me. And Stephen just came out with, why don't you just call it, I can't believe it's not Ireland. And mm. the assembled people all laughed at the table. And I was going, oh, I don't really like that. What's, what do you mean? But then I started, it started to dawn on me that if we wake up in a united Ireland in 2032, it's not just the north that's going to change and just be lumped onto the south. And then everyone's happy and it's just the same thing. We all have a perception of what Ireland is south, Ireland is north. Those perceptions are only 100 years old, by the way, Mario. That like we literally invented ourselves in that time. And we're going to wake up and we're going to go, it's not exactly like it was, is it? It's not exactly the same thing. So from there, then I was able to kind of go and start constructing a whole new country and imagining these incredible things that we might be able to do together as a people. There's so much involved in what you're talking about, even from a non-comedy perspective. Um, and and don't judge me, okay? Because the thing yeah. about this podcast is, I I I do have a kind of a default clause where a default option where I can't help but be honest, really, on this podcast. And don't oh. judge me, but this is a subject I've done very very little thinking about. The only yeah. thing I would say in my in my favor is I would say I would have that in common with a lot of people, that a lot of people haven't not only have not thought about what's going to happen down the tracks, not only have not thought about what's going to happen down the tracks sooner, as you say, than they think it's going to happen, mm. but they kind of prefer not to think about it because they kind of go, a lot of people kind of go, now I wouldn't include myself necessarily in this, but they kind of go, listen, we're grand the way we are. I don't know much about the Nordies up there. And to be honest with you, I don't not want to know about the Nordies. And yeah. uh, we're kind of a separate culture anyway. Um, and let's face it, 100 years of, of, of separation has turned us into a separate culture. So there's so much for you to talk about here, Pat, Pat, Paddy. So come on, talk to me about it. Um, I, what well, I mean, that's, of, it's, where, where do I start? Where do I start? I mean, talk to me, first of all, about the idea of a shared Ireland, a united Ireland. What is that? And maybe come from the perspective of a Republican. What is a Republican? I, like, I noticed you made some interesting, you, you had some interesting, and I thought they were very good comments, actually, in, in the brief I was given, that you, you know, you don't speak a word of Irish. You don't like mm-hmm. the wolf tones, yet mm-hmm. you are very much a person who wants to see a united Ireland. <clears throat> yes, I, it, it's weird. I mean, talk, talk to me more about that. You see, that this again is part of the title. I can't believe it's not Ireland. And actually, as you say, and that's a very important point to me. One of the chapters, chapter two, is actually called "The Problem with the South." See, the problems aren't really to do with the North. Um, they kind of all know what they're about. They kind of know what's going on. One of one of the things I say in the show is that, you know, unionists think know that 1690 was the date of the Battle of the Boyne. You know, mm-hmm. in Ireland, we think 1690 is a normal price to pay for a burger in a pub, like in, in the <laughs> South. Like, honestly, that's how much we know. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, we kind of have that kind of, you know, as Northern people would yeah. say to me, you know, you have the benefit of having had independence for 100 years. So you're actually almost lackadaisical about it. Like we wave a tricolor and it's like, it means nothing to us. In the North, we wave that that's a political act. So for them, everything is much mm-hmm. more, everything is much more focused. And, and that's why, you know, even when I change the flag in the show, I know it's going to upset. This show is going to upset everybody, Mario. It's meant to, it's mm. not meant to just push the Republican case and damp down the unionist case. It's going to upset a lot of people because I, I don't like the tricolor. I think the tricolor is identity politics writ large. Why would you say Ireland's divided into two communities? Uh, one is green, Catholic, and 
nationalist and the other is orange Protestant and loyalist and the white in between is the peace between the two. Lovely idea. Implying, actually, implying that both are eternally at war. Eternally at war and that, and, and by the way, the Orange Order is only since 1795. It's, it's only about 230 years old and it's kind of on the way out without insulting them. That's what it is. So you're trying to apply one colour to an entire bunch of people. And I find, again, it's labelling. It's very much part of the modern identity politics rubbish going on that, you know, we all have to divide each other down exactly by our catechisms, by our differences, by our races, by our colours. Wolf Tone's whole idea was just the common name of Irishmen. Forget about Protestant Catholic dissenter. Forget about all of that. We're just Irish. And that, that's kind of where the show is coming from. So it's going to upset both Republican sensibilities and Union sensibilities. But, you know, as you like Alison O'Connor famously and the way she might look at you famously did an article in 2009 going, I don't much like the North, you know, and, and once Ikea opened a Ballymun, I never had to go to Belfast again. And a lot of Irish people are like that. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. sl slowly but surely people are visiting both places and seeing how similar they really are. Uh, the, my, my whole thing at the start is that I have a, a, a Protestant taxi driver called Ken Dodds who comes down to Dublin for the first time. Because actually in the late 90s, I got into a taxi in Belfast and I, I, I met a Protestant taxi driver and I said, have you ever been down south? He says, no, never been south, never. And he kind of proudly mm -hmm. said, I've never been down south, which many Southern people would say, oh, I'm so I've never been to the north. And mm. and I said, geez, where do you go on holiday? And he says, Spain, go to Spain every year. And I said, Jesus, mm -hmm. to, to, to get away from the Catholics, is it? You went to Spain, is it? Mm -hmm. um, but, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it's very funny. Yeah. And, and then, so, so my joke is, like, he comes down for the first time to Dublin and he goes around Dublin. And he goes up Dawson Street and he sees where the first Orange Order meeting was. He passes the Royal Irish Academy, the Royal Hibernian Academy, the Royal College of Surgeons, the Royal Automobile Club, the Royal Academy <laughs> of Music. He heads out to the Royal Dublin Society. He, he heads out to Dunleary and sees the Kingstown Monument of the Royal Marine Hotel. I mean, yes. I call it Royal Dublin because he, he actually yeah. ends up getting back on the train to Belfast going, please, I want to feel more Irish. I'm going to go back north because Dublin's a very royal <laughs> city. And, and D Dublin's even more English feeling than anywhere else, you know. So, uh, you know, and I, you know, even places like Bray, where they took the nice sandy beach and put stones over it to make it more miserable and Victorian. Um, and, but and, Paddy, and but and Paddy, even in out beyond where I live, for example, I, I live in Fox Rock, right? And um, yeah. like every road in Fox Rock is called Brighton Road, Torquay yeah. Road, Westminster hmm. Road. And for all and, and for all intents and purposes, it does look like one of those charming little hamlets that you'd see in Shropshire and that Jeremy yes, Clarkson would almost drop in for a quiet pint before he goes on his, you know, on, on Top Gear. You know, one of those That's things. That's what it is. <clears throat> and I mean, it's funny, the architecture is quite similar. I saw the same house on Rat Mines was two million quid down here. The same exact house up in Belfast was £250,000. So one, one of my nice. entities for enticing the unionists into Southern Ireland is your house will quadruple in value overnight. I tell you, <laughs> you, you win the whole thing on that alone. But, but as well as that, that, yes. that, high Victori that high Victorian thing that's going on, like everyone goes Raglan Road, you know, it's such a beautiful Irish song by Paddy Kavanagh. It's named after Lord Raglan. Who, who led the forces in the Crimean War. <laughs> you know, oh, stop. that's what it is. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, so yeah. everything we think is Irish. And I mean, I even get to the heart of Irishness, which is, you know, the Irish think, well, what are we? What, what, what is Irishness? Hmm. And we go, we love potatoes and we love tea. There's two of the things, dietary things that define Irishness. Well, potatoes hmm. are from America and tea is from China. So those are two unvetted immigrants that came into Ireland and we we took them on as our own thing, potatoes and tea. 
So and you, didn't you, basically you wasn't tea and weren't tea and potatoes basically brought from ba- Sir Walter Raleigh basically kind of up from South America and years ago and tea as well. Well, Walter Raleigh brought the potato. The tea came in via King Charles I and his wife who loved tea. Uh, the the British all drank coffee. Um, so so th- these things come in. But so as you go through history, history actually teaches us that we're not that kind of tied yes. to this kind of old idea of Irishness at all. Do you know what I mean? And this is why, what are the commonalities that I'm trying to find between people? And and this is why, you know, it, it's important that, you know, I'm, I'm used, doing a lot of work. I've actually seriously studied a guy called Brendan O'Leary. I have another chapter in the show called It's with O'Leary in the Graphs. And he's with the Arends Project. And it's basically, <laughs> and, and it, it's basically they've they've actually done the really hard work of just polling people and seeing what they want and what they don't want. And for unionists, mm-hmm. you know, you ask them about the flag and the anthem and they don't really care because they don't want to be part of United Ireland anyway. But in the South, it's like, oh, geez, if you change the flag and the anthem and this and that, I'm not doing it. So what I point out is that, well, the anthem is just this ridiculous lyric about soldiers and you have to sing Finna Fall in it and all sorts of stuff. And, and, yeah. and then the Ireland, Ireland song by Phil Coulter, much as I love him, is, is again, it's kind of, it's like everyone is sitting around waiting for Ireland to call them on a mobile phone. Like we're all just sitting around a table waiting for Ireland itself to call. Like I've analyzed it down to that point. And so we need new things. And, and Ireland needs to understand that Southern Ireland, I, I know I make this mistake all the time. Southern Ireland needs to know it has to give up a few things as well. We like, this isn't like a one way street. Well, like I say, the, the flag, the anthem, um, I, 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 they seem to be unimportant things, but to me, if you want buy-in from everybody on the island, you're going to have to change everything. Do you know what I mean? And and hmm. it's far better to indulge in a new thing than try and get a bunch of people in East Belfast to learn Auron Navia. You know, and I suppose, you know, as well as that, you kind of be want to be free of. To, to me, the freedom of the United Ireland is that we are free of these things of green and orange and everything else. We, you know, yes. Jimmy Nesbitt, I, I work with these people called Ireland's Future and they're fantastic people. They put on a big show uh, in December 2022 in or October and Jimmy Nesbitt was a key speaker. And of course, he's an Ulster prod from Ballymena. And he said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm British, I'm Irish, I'm from Ballymena. I'm also Northern Irish. Um, I'm a Protestant. I'm all of these things, but it doesn't define me. And that's why I say, like, Wolf Tone probably wouldn't like the Wolf Tones. He hated the harp music when he was at the Belfast Harp Festival. Although I think the harp is a beautiful symbol for Ireland uh, because we would be the only country in the world with a, a musical instrument or culture being our mm. advertisement mm. to the world. Um, mm. He probably couldn't speak a word of Irish. I mean, they were all learning Irish in 1798 up there in Belfast, but he, he probably wasn't even considering that. You know, mm. he didn't let republicanism define him either. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I, I find sometimes mm. we, we kind of fall into these default positions, you know, and I think it's, it, it, it you know, and, and, you know, and there's even this the kind of wannabe aspect of it too. So another thing I say is it's not the, in the United Ireland, it's not the million Protestants in the North you have to worry about. It's the million Protestants in the South, sorry, South County Dublin, you know, where even the Catholics <laughs> are Protestant. Yeah, exactly. So you hear, you're, you're kind of talk, touching on so many interesting uh, sort of tangents that we could go off on as well. I'm just going to change it for a second because one of the things I read about on your website was the way you presented your show. Um, first of all, so I saw the list of, of dates you had and 
you were doing different dates around the country f- throughout 2024. And on one date, you might perform the, the show Who Murdered Wolf Tone. And another date, you might perform the Michael Collins show. And on another date, you'll be performing the new show, I Can't Believe It's Not Ireland. And I also noticed that um, you, you, you said for bookings from colleges and schools. And I thought that was really, really interesting. That caught my eye. Um, now, then I, and I was wondering, are you receiving much um, contact or interest or emails from colleges, third level institutions or second level institutions? Because as well as your mainstream show being on tour around Ireland, I think this would be an incredibly valuable um, life experience for people to see your show taken from a person who has no axe to grind particularly and mm. is genuinely interested in the future of Ireland in a, with, um, coming from a position of good faith. And I was wondering if you had much interest from people um, at, that, at that level. Weirdly, I did four schools last year. You know, it may not seem like a lot. I did three Michael College shows in Loretto College in Fox Rock, would you believe? Um, I did St. Newman's <laughs> or Kenny. No, no, no. And, and yeah. they, they absolutely love it because I do like an hour long version. They love the Uber yeah. violence because it's marginally less violent than Fortnite and half the computer games they play. Um, yeah. They love the songs. They love like Bail and Blah, Blah, Blah and stuff like that and say pair of hands and stuff. And, and actually, you know, it amazed me because, you know, people go, oh, kids these days, you know, and, you know, they're doing this. And they're all completely clued in. And in fact, they're far more suspicious, let's say, they're far more conspiratorial than um, adults would be. Do you know what I mean? And, and we have a good kind of questions and answers afterwards in the schools. And they say, when did you get into this? And I said, well, I, I don't know. I, I wish I'd seen me in school to get into it, if you know what I mean, because it's fun. And the teachers love it too, because it's getting a lot of history across them very quickly. I use like 300 images in a show. I I yeah. use songs, I use jokes, and, and it, it really gets it across. Um, mm-hmm. And like in this, I, 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 I go from ancient history very, very quickly up to partition, you know, and I go right back to the Scythians. You know, we're, we're descended from the Scythians, which is this group of horse marauding, you kind of not half horse, half man, although in certain parts of Ireland, that's still available. Um, but uh, the Scythians are originally from Ukraine. So any Ukrainian people that are, that are here are actually just visiting the old relatives. Um, and, <laughs> and, but that, it's true. And so, mm. you know, we learn an awful lot through history. And I, I think history is so important. So that's why I love doing schools. And they're, mm. I'm telling you, the, question, some, the questions would have me much more stumped than any adult, uh, any yeah. adult question. No, because young people, um, I remember watching Orson Welles. I was watching a documentary on Orson Welles the other night and mm. somebody said to him, um, how are you able to do Citizen Kane at 26? And he went, mm. because I was completely ignorant and I knew nothing. <laughs> the more you know, the le- <clears throat> and that's what it is. You see, yeah. he was unfettered and untainted by adult uh, experience and how not to do things. All he knew was how to do something, or at least the idea of how to do something. And similarly, when kids are asking you questions, they don't see the problems with asking a question or the inherent um, fault or difficulty with a potential answer. They just go, I want to answer this. I want you to answer this question. And their questions yeah. are frequently more, as you say, stumping than 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 than, than adults' questions. But, but also, they're the key in the future as well in the North and, and the South, because, you know, I mean, this is a ticking time bomb for, for people, you know, um, and I, no insult to, to the older generations and stuff, but young people today in the North, Protestant and Catholic and all of them, they've no issue with gay marriage, they've no issue with all that stuff. So 
all of that progressive stuff is already in the ether for them. Do you know what I mean? So they're not gonna they're not gonna have these massive battles over stuff like that. A lot of youth issues are are similar in in all categories as they should be. You know what I mean? And so I see that they would they they buy into this a lot more than anybody else. And also they get the chance to design a new country. Like I'm I'm having great fun with AI in this show. Like. You know, yeah. the, the default position default position of musicians and designers and everyone's like, oh, AI is killing everything. And I'm going, well, if I can design a parliament building in three seconds by asking a question. So w- one of the ideas I have is that you'll never get Belfast and Dublin to agree on where the doll is. So effectively, you have to have a brand new capital, very like, you know, Canberra in Australia or Ankara mm-hmm. in Turkey or Brasilia in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And the, the ideal place is to quote... Gilbert O'Sullivan, Athlone again naturally. Um, Athlone is the place. <laughs> okay. No, but Athlone is the place. And, you know, David McWilliams has said um, that, um, you know, we need 50,000 houses built a year in the next 20 years. That's a million, that's a million houses. So just build one yeah. large city around Athlone, a brand new city like Dubai, you know, have everything designed and ready to go. And that becomes our capital. And then it's, it's equidistant yes. from everywhere in the country. And then yes, yes. you can have a high-speed rail linking Derry, Belfast, Dublin, yes. Waterford, Cork, Limerick, Galway, Sligo, Letterkenny. Sorry, I think that's a great idea. I think that is yeah. a great idea. I mean, we've often talked in Ireland about how Athlone seems to be um, this, this, this peculiarly... Um, a symmetrically, perfectly positioned place in the centre of yes. Ireland. That's equidistant, yes. it seems, from Letterkenny to Cahersivine to, you know, Antrim and, and you know, La Hinch. It seems to be, you know, amazing. I, I think you're dead right. Yeah, sort of like Canberra yeah. or um, a kind of an institutional capital or a... <clears throat> yeah, but using AI, AI. U- using AI, I've designed a circular parliament building because obviously the only architecture we'll agree on is circular because... You have the ancient Irish circles of the Celts, and then you have the circular bonfires that the Unionists build every July 12th. So that mm-hmm. those are two architectural motifs that we love. Make your circular mm-hmm. parliament building 250 TDs. The Unionists will always hold the balance of power because they'll represent 15% of the country. Um, you, you know, and, and you'll have a high-speed rail going around all these cities. Um, it'll go at about 400 kilometers an hour. I call it the Schnockta Piercer, you know, the snow piercer in Irish. And okay. basically... you. Every city is linked up in 15 minutes. Never mind the Greens idea of 15-minute cities. You will get from Galway to Athlone in 15 minutes. You will get from Galway to Sligo in 15 minutes. This mm-hmm. this, this is easily done. If we can spend three billion quid on a children's hospital, we can definitely build high-speed rail linking all of our cities. And the minute you do that, that's when everything starts to rebalance, recalibrate. Economically, the whole thing becomes much easier. Uh, any outward investment or the inward stuff we create ourselves starts to become far easier to get going, you know, because... Mm. Who who from Cork? You know Cork people, Mario. Mm. You, you've experience of that. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. think they think Northern Ireland starts in Southern Tipperary. They have no idea about it. Do you think they will go to Belfast or to Dublin? Like they barely come to Dublin to do any work. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, no, true. Um, and just another question, just related to the schools one. But <clears throat> I don't know if you've been watching the Late Late Show this year. Bit. Okay, well, if you have been watching it, and this is between yourself and myself and nobody else, there is a noticeable preponderance and disproportionate attention to Nordies on the show this year. So, for example, last week, Michelle O'Neill, head Nordy, was on the show, um, followed by Stephen Ray, uh, acting Tespi Nordy. Then Kevin McAleer, comedy Nordy. 
This week, kneecap, singing Nordies are on. And the show is presented by Nordy itself. And I'm kind of wondering, I'm kind of wondering, if I I saw you tonight appearing on the show, I would be Mm. very happy because I would go, the tone of the Late Late Show this year is clearly being directed um, towards, it's as if the Late Late Show is saying, all right now, folks, you're all there now in the audience and we're all getting ready for a United Ireland. When it's going to happen, who knows? But we're just going to keep putting on Northern Ireland guests and I'm going to keep my voice going up here like a car, a plane that's taking off. When is it taking off? Just when we have a United Ireland. How far up can I go? Is it 2027 or 2029? Here's Jimmy Nesbitt. Here's Kneecap. We're United Ireland. So he is basically, his voice is telling us, Paddy Keelty's voice is telling us, we're heading yeah. towards a United Ireland because it keeps going up like that. Like, yes, yeah. the only way is up. And yes. I would think that the perfect guest, and I'm not slagging, I'm not, I'm not joking with you. I'm saying tonally, why bother with getting all these northern guests and hinting what you're talking about? Why not just get Paddy Cullivan on and go, right, we've decided to go straight to the core and go, when is it happening, Paddy? Tell us how it's going to happen. What is it going to look like? Tell us this schnockta pierce business you're talking about and all yeah, this sort of stuff yeah, yeah. so but, but, so i don't know if you've noticed uh, the the late late show but you'd be a, you, have you asked them you'd be a perfect guest have you been approached I, and well, i'm being I serious asked. about it no i haven't i've still ptsd from working on it for 10 years in the band but um mm. uh the, 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 but it, absolutely no i'd love to i'd love to do that and absolutely um i, I think kilty's been a great um a great link because he's got that high entertainment facility and buddies from county down county down is one of my favorite counties i have to say i, I do, just I love it up there and it's just great to see that finally happening and that you do know like the history you know from 1925 to 1965 the south didn't even talk to the north like they didn't even talk to each other they were like like two brothers living in a house who just ignore each other mm. and like make tea and mm. butter the toast and, and do the honey but without even speaking all day long mm. um so mm. so it's great to see it and like it's exciting. And I mean, Belfast is certainly a very dynamic and fun city, you know, although, mm, it, mm. You, you know, it reminds me of Dublin in the 80s a little bit. There's a lot of dereliction and stuff still. So they, they need to deal with that. Um, but mm. I just think, yeah, I'd love to do the late late. I'd love to get on there and actually talk about these things, but mm. talk about it in a way that, you know, it's always treated. This is why I'm doing this as well, Mario. Everything mm. around United Ireland or everything, it's also morose and like, like when Mary Lou came out and said it's within touching distance, all sorts of people went, no, don't say it to the unionists. You'll, you'll scare them out of not being, a, they'll get all annoyed. It's like as if unionists don't know that Mary Lou wants a united Ireland. It's like this kind of... <laughs> I whole, agree. I agree. No, I agree. The, 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 the atmosphere of the way people hear that, that, that piece of information yeah. is dreaded. You're right. You're yeah, dead like, right. Sh- and it's, sh- oh, don't, don't start tell for Jesus' sake. <laughs> yeah, it's like don't tell unionists yeah. most Southern people would like united. They know. They know. And and I mean, it, it's it, it's kind of childish. It's real childish Irish stuff for me. You know, it's that real kind of um, yeah. one of the, you know, you know, the way we said that Arthur Griffith died of a broken heart instead of a, an aneurysm. Um, you, you know, we make up this stuff all the time. It's what my other shows are about. Like we make up these stories to fill in the gaps of history we don't like. And we do this with North Ireland. We kind of don't talk, don't talk about it. We'll scare the unionists and then we'll actually get a United yeah. Ireland and then we'll be scared. And then, oh, no, what will happen know. when they're here? You know. 
Uh, yeah, no, the attitude, Paddy, is very much like, imagine if you were in a pub, right, and Mary yeah. Lou and yourself are sitting up at the pub, and then over in the snug across, all the unionists are sitting, right? But after yeah. a few pints too many, Mary Lou just goes, and that's right, I'm going in there, and I'm going to fucking tell them now. They're, Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ, listen, don't say anything to them. I swear, I'm going in there now, and I'm going to have a good fucking word with them. <laughs> it is, it's like one of those, and she's there, don't, look, we're grand out here. This is where everybody drinks, okay? We're all happy yeah. out here. They're happy in the snug okay just yeah. leave them in the snug and just because just 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 fucking put it away put the pint away no no I, I, I listen I think it's perfectly fine to have these conversations they're happening all the time everywhere um, I mean it's funny like Michelle O'Neill is a brilliant character as well because she's kind of like yeah I'm going to the coronation yeah I'm doing this like I'm a huge fan of Prince Charles Mario by the way just so you know and I watched the whole crown mm. and you know, my, my opinion of the royal family as a, I'm a, you know, I'm an Irish Republican all my life. And it's like mm. the royal family really, they just threw it out of the park as far as I'm concerned when it came to, you know, engaging. They engaged before anybody else with, with the Republican movement and all of that. They, they were a huge part of making peace and understanding and all mm. of this. I, I, I think there's a lot more to those people, you know, that then than meets the eye. And when Michelle O'Neill goes to that thing, there's no point giving out. In the same way as there's no point, you know, give, give, you know, having this catechism and saying, if Mary Lou or if Michelle or if anybody, if, if they do this and do this, I will never vote for them again. I will never do this. And you're kind of going, lads, you're making your own little rules and shouting at yourself on Twitter. And basically, you're not advancing anything. Do you know what I mean? And one of my big things is one of the big parts of when I was in the North last year was, Put my mind into the other person's mind. Talk to a lot of people who don't agree with you. Watch things you don't agree with. Look at look yeah. at look at their arguments. See actually where they make make a point. There was a recent brilliant Andrew Trimble documentary where it said, "Look, I'm Ulster Scott. This is what I am. This is what we are." We, we mm. half mm. the people in the south have never bothered to engage with that. But I'm not saying nobody knows about it. I'm just saying, listen to the other side. See what point they have. My point I would have is I think we can do way way better together. Like for instance. You know, the, the protocol idea was actually going to make Northern Ireland very rich because they were going to become this little halfway house between the EU and the rest of the world and all of that because of Brexit. And the North could have yeah. made a fortune on this, but the unionists kind they of... They were going to get the best of both worlds in a sense, weren't they? Yes. But now I look at something like that and I go, well, if we have a united Ireland, one of the deals might be you have to rejoin the, you know, we can rejoin the Commonwealth. So we have to be a member of the EU and the Commonwealth. But imagine that we become the conduit between all this global stuff and the EU, we become the Singapore, the whole 32 counties. It's the protocol deal, yeah. but it's all of us. And then people go, yeah. I, will never, I will never join the Commonwealth. Why? Yeah. Most of the countries in the Commonwealth now, like Barbados, who recently declared to be a republic, are no longer, they're, they're no longer loyal to Britain. They're just part of a, an mm. econ economic thing like the EU. Mm, What's mm, the problem? Mm, mm, mm. It's an easy win. It's an easy buy-in for unionists and we win. Everybody wins. Yeah, yeah, uh, Paddy. It's the more we talk, it's clear we could do six podcasts on just oh, even oh. around the uh, no, no, around this subject I'm, I'm, we're talking about right now. But for mm. the purposes of this podcast, I think I'm want to not move it on, but just kind of concentrate mm. on a couple of little sub areas of this. And and one is um one is one one is something that in, that in, that intrigues me, and you see a lot of it on social media, Twitter especially. And I, I kind of alluded to it in the, the when we were having the crack earlier on about the, the Irish patriots. And it's oh, yeah. it's it's this it's this kind of person who identifies now as an Irish patriot to the extent mm. that they have the Irish flag on their Twitter handle and mm. 
their face is usually covered up and more than likely they were involved or peripheral to or adjacent to the riots that happened in Dublin recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they love, you know, they love the wolf tones um, mm-hmm. and they love patriot songs and they will say Ireland is full. Typically, they will be a conspiracy theorist as well. Um, they will believe that uh, Leo Varadkar and government are are lizard people um, mm-hmm. that that uh, that are being manipulated by the Rothschilds. They won't know who the Rothschilds are because, in fairness, mm-hmm. they haven't heard of the Rothschilds. <laughs> but this is increasingly um, th- no. But this is increasingly a, a a representation of what we now know as Ireland, Ireland patriotism. Ireland mm. patriot, Irish patriotism, Irish, Irish patriotism, Irish, well, not Irish identity, but Irish patriotism. So has been, in my view, hijacked by, or is attempting to be hijacked by a group of people who seem to be aligned with this really Neanderthalish, old-fashioned, crude, lump-hammer stereotype of Brits out, uh, Red, red, red hot socialism that, you know, mm. in the sense that they're all like they're all a bunch of corporate m- monkeys in, in power. Um, and, uh, you know, Ireland is full. So it's mixed in with kind of rabid kind of racism and xenophobia as well. I yeah. mean, yeah, I'm not I don't need to ask you, have you seen it? Because clearly it exists. What do you mm. think of this um, thing? And so, so, for example, um, one of the most recent um, one of the most recent, let's say, Examples of it would be the electric picnic with overflowing tent watching the wolf tones. Do you mm. know? I mean, really? Do any of those Id- people have any idea what they're talking about? Do any of those people have any idea, for example, you know, who the wolf tones even are? You know, did any of them, yeah. you know, have any of them ever, do you know, really do, talk to me about this subject? That's, that's my view anyway. It's an interesting one. I mean, look, I, like I said at the start, I can't define myself as that. I went to Mount Temple. I went to a mixed Protestant Catholic school one of my friends there was Andrew Maxwell, you know, we argued day and night. I'm, I'm always an Irish Republican. It doesn't matter. But, you know, I, again, I go back to Wolf Tone. I go back to the United Irishmen who were all Protestants. Many of them were middle class. They were mercantilist. They weren't socialist by any means. Um, and I think, look, I think because we look at Twitter and we look at things like that, and I think the government are half responsible for this too, Mario, by using words like far right and all of this. You know, we had a far right in Ireland for, for, for 90 years. They were called Fine Gael. You know, that, that's about as far right as Ireland ever went. You know, this isn't, you know, they were the blue, they came from the blue shirts, you know, who, who were, a, you know, kind of a fascist, but very Christian party, very United Ireland party, very Irish language party. So remember all of that stuff. It all, it generates from that. They're not that anymore. By the same token, it's very easy for us to go, oh, Sinn Féin or this. You know, I've had people say, oh, Sinn Féin, all the races are, well, they're not. It, it's, you know, this is part of Sinn Féin's problem, I think, is that they're they're too progressive and they're too similar to the, the broad, broad majority of progressive people in the country. Do you know what I mean? I think the far right thing is far, far smaller than we think. Um, mm. But, but yeah, look, I, I would accept yeah. that. I would I would accept that. I would accept that, actually, that 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 it's one of these kind of sort of irritating vocal minorities. And it possibly is much smaller than we think, but it is certainly very loud anyway. Yeah. You know. But I will say to you, Mario, 
the, the guys rioting in O'Connell Street, I was there for the two, I, I grew up around the corner from there. I was there for the 2006 riots. Uh, they don't know their right from their left, right? This was just an opportunity to go out and have a, have, have, yeah, have a, have a riot. Um, th- there are, you know, there are legitimate concerns by people about all sorts of things. Ireland's not full, obviously, but it is at capacity. So let's be fair and say that. And let's, let's not just demonize regular people as well who are just there going, I've no hotel in the town. I've nothing in the town. There's, there's no GP. I can't get it whatever for six weeks. This isn't to say I back up what they're doing. What I'm saying is there's legitimate stuff at the heart of all this and just calling each other names, you know, saying mm. the government are lizard people. They look lizardy, but they're not actually lizard people. I know they look like mm. lizards, some mm. of them. Um, mm. uh, the, the the far right aren't all far right. There's just the usual thing of like, well, the place isn't working. I did a lot of just touring last year, Mario, just getting the bus to places because I wanted to see what public transport was like in the country. It doesn't exist in most of the country. So uh, we have what I call dark line demagogues, people who roll out of their beds in Dalky, roll onto the dart and head into town, have a lovely time. It's not their fault, but they think the whole of Ireland's like that. You know, the yeah, nice Fox yeah. Rock area and all of that. It's not. Ireland has very little transport. Buses are not transport. I don't care what anybody said. says. Um, there are these poor little towns that have very little going on. And, you know, this communication is key. So when they brought over all the Ukrainian refugees, absolutely fine. The Irish are the best at giving to charity, the most hospitable people on the planet, the friendliest people on the planet. But why didn't Finna Fall and Finna Gael turn around and go to all the hoteliers? Right, you're taking all these Ukrainians, but you're not allowed to charge more than 200 euros to local Irish people or tourists. And instead, we saw hotel prices go to 500, 600, 900. Okay? One night was 900 in September 2022, I remember, to try and stay in a place. Um, if you don't do the taking care on the other side of something, then you create all these problems over here. Communication is key. Just communicate with everybody, be open and say, listen, we're doing this. Get the bloody tidy towns to run this country, um, Mario, as far as I'm concerned. Do you know what I mean? Because they know who everybody in the community and everybody can come together and actually talk and, and reason. The problem with the government here is that they're not communicating with everybody. They're just dictating what goes on. And then all of this is happening over here. The only conspiratorial thing I do feel is that um, sometimes governments like it like that. Because while all of these people down here are fighting over this thing, they can get on with something else over here that, that we're not worried about. You know, so... That's my only issue is that sometimes conflict, social conflict and social unrest is kind of handy for governments because it lets them off the hook and they can point to go, oh, look, it's just it's really just 90 people, Mario. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I got it. Why? But what, it's just what from your, your you love music. You're a musician. So why was mm. the, that, for example, that tent bursting with wolf tone? Why have the wolf tones taken off again? What's happening? Is it a Sinn Féin thing? Um... No, it's because it's rabble rousing. It's rabble rousing music. Um, I think Alan Partridge had a lot to do with it. Uh, I think. Um, I, I look. There, there will be people who be growing up with the Wolf Tones in their house. I'm not saying I don't like the Wolf Tones, Mary. It's just not for me. I prefer Queen and the Kinks, you know. Um, uh, but David Bowie. Um, it's just. It's a place for people to come together. Yeah, there's a lot of young people in Sinn Féin. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing that. But I'm just saying, don't let it define you. You know what I mean? And 
you know, one argument I hate, like, we all know what the up the ra chant means in the song. Can we stop pretending it's a bit of graffiti saw on the wall when he was singing about Celtic or whatever the hell? Like, let's just admit, and it's a bit like Mary Lou going, I want to unite Ireland, oh, and don't scare the union. Now it's like, just admit you sang up the ra, and that's what it is. Just admit it. Just admit yeah. it. And that, that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's identity. And, and young people are now being trained to kind of lump into identities and lump into views and lump into stuff like that. But then again, people love rugby. You know what I mean? Irish people went from, rugby went from very elitist sport into a mass sport. And now it's actually one of the mm. things that's all Ireland and brings people together. So I like rugby from that point of view. I can't stand mm. any sport, Mario, to be quite honest with you. So mm. bar like mm. Italia 90, that was when I enjoyed sport. Um, but, mm. but you know what I mean? I, 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 I'm just, it's not for me. You know, I mean, 80,000 people might fill a place with Westlife and 60 people go to my gig. It's a bit like Robert Emmett's Rebellion. You know, 100 people went out with Robert Emmett and 20,000 went to the execution. It's the same type of piece. Okay. Well, listen, I hope you get on to the, um, I hope you, you, I, I personally hope you do. I'd love to see you do stuff with like UCD and UCC and the, and the all third level places and, and you know, um, and the Late Late Show as well. I'd love to see this. you do this on the Late Late Show. Even with the help of some video, audio-visual stuff, I think could be really fun. Oh, yeah. For, could be really good 10 or 15 minutes as well, you know, um, followed by a little chat with you. And followed maybe by a little panel discussion, I think, would be really interesting, in which you'd be part of. Um, well, well, I think that would be well, a really like interesting say, segment on the Late 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 Show. What I like to say, Mario, is that, you know, um, I've done a lot of thinking about this all my life. You know, mm-hmm. there's elements mm-hmm. from everywhere. But I think United Ireland, or I can't believe it's not Ireland, is a great thing. We'll, we'll all wake up one morning and we'll go, I can't believe it's not Ireland. And we're going to miss certain things. You know, we're going to miss things. But we're not going to miss others. You know what I mean? We're going to actually enjoy being an adult country. And, and for me, it, you know, we went through teenagehood through the last hundred years. We now have to become adults. And Ireland, you know, for all those who are worried about the undue influence of the EU and the undue influence of all of that, the reason for that is that really, you know, we couldn't run a bath for quite some time after independence. But then slowly but surely people like Whitaker and Lamas and people like that, they did start to get a little boom going. Then the oil crisis hit and we were back to recession again. But then the multinational stuff came in. And so the Irish have this kind of cute whorishness. That, that, that to me is an essentialness of Irishness, is that we kind of, we, we kind of duck and dive and we find a way to make the place work. But now it's not just about getting loads of money in and not spending it wisely. Now it's about let's actually run the place beautifully. And we kind of need that mercantilist million people in Ulster, you know, who built the Titanic. We, we need to turn the place into a major tech hub, develop our own industries that are up there with Google and everything else and stuff like that. So we're not dependent on outside influence the whole time. It's time for Ireland to grow up. And part of that growing up process is to get rid of partition and just become a very successful conduit to the world a peacemaker in the world as well. I think it's very important for us not to maintain that neutrality that Wolf Tone invented. You know, mm. Wolf Tone said, peace with all the world is our object mm. and our desire. Mm. And what he meant mm. was, there's no point Ireland getting involved in all this stuff. It's silly. But what we can be is a very spiritual place and a very kind of mm. um, place that leads the world on cultural matters, on peace matters, mm. on matters of literature and music. These are what we're for. This is what Ireland's all about. Mm. It's not about snack boxes or chicken fillet rolls or mm. sport or anything else. It's actually about our culture and what that does to the world. It makes the world laugh, 
It makes the world sit down and go, come on, let's all be friends. That's very important yeah. to me. And I think that's part of what we should do. Get rid of the conflict in our own yeah. lives. Stop and stop fighting conflicts around the world as a proxy way of fighting with each other as well. That's something that really annoys me as well. It's time to grow up and kind of become the country we were always meant to be. Yeah, and well, you mean you mentioned Whitaker and Lamas there, and probably I'd add someone like Don O'Malley as well. And, and yes, you know we have. I think it's fair to say if you just step back from it a little bit, you know, it's time for us to grow up. I think we have done a heck of a lot of growing up in a heck in a very short space of time. I also expect, um, take what you say about us ducking and diving as a nation. We're, we're we are duckers and divers. We're survivors. Um, we're resourceful and stoic um, mm. um, when we need to be. Um, but we're not good at running things. Um, no. And 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 that's an interesting as- angle. We're not good at running things. We're not good at being in charge. Um, but, and there's and another so thing, Mario. <clears throat> there's one more thing: planning we almost need an almost Chinese level of dictatorship and planning. And I'm sorry to say, like when the Beijing Olympics came along, they basically went to people's houses and painted red X's on them and said, if you're not out of the house in 24 hours, you're going down with the house because the stadium is going here. Now, I'm not saying we need to go. (laughs) That sounds exactly like the GAA, Paddy. That's how the GAA operate. They are the Chinese, I mean, the CC... The CCC, the Central Chinese Committee, is basically the GAA. Well, I'm not saying it's like they went through like who was protesting about the metro that that stopped us having a metro to Dublin airport for like years. And like Trinity College is one of the people. They're going, oh, the the digging of the tunnel might hurt the foundations of the Sorry, guys, we need a metro. A grown up country has a metro to the airport. I got back from London last year and I had to come down and there was ladies, old ladies in wheelchairs and and. And, and all that stuff. And they're waiting 45 minutes in an open air concourse in the freezing cold for a taxi. Just get into a lift, go down to a lovely tube that brings you into the town. It's it's not rocket science. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, have, I have the Dublin Metro. I've done an AI of it where it actually goes right out onto the, you know, you've done all your ticketing online and every other way. All your security's done some a certain way. And then the, the Metro comes right out on to the actual airstrip. And you just walk off your Metro and onto your Ryanair flight. That's it. Mm. No, no walking around, no shops. Now, all I'm saying yeah. is this stuff is not rocket science, but we, what the Irish need to do, a lot of it is to do with our hangover from not owning land, the famine, all of this stuff. So anything I own is mine. It's mine. And you get it out of my cold, dead hands. And we need to have a common good approach, Mario, where someone says we're having a metro tomorrow. Yeah, but it's going to be a bit noisy. Sorry, you're on the metro line. OK, it's for the common good. I'm doing it. It's like you can't be moaning about Garth Brooks playing in a stadium for five days when you've lived in the house beside the stadium for 10,000 years. It's a stadium. You can expect noise. If you don't like it, you know, you know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I mean, when the, the, this, this yeah, protesting, the, this objecting, this protesting, the stopping of progress, the slow pace of development in this country, that's mm. what's killing it. That's what's really stopping. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bring interesting. Bring in the Chinese. Um, so yeah, well, I, now I was sort of th- the GAA are the Chinese. They are actually because they actually get things done. They have guys with unpronounceable names who you don't know leading them. They change leadership yes. and you don't even know who it is. It's like falling, 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 and then like he is yeah. the dictatorial, all powerful leader, like Xi Jinping, and um, yeah. and basically they come in and they just go go to bed because tomorrow morning this is going to be Semple Stadium. Mihola Murahertig looks like an inscrutable, an inscrutable Chinese emperor. 
He does. He has a sense of he has a sense of a kind of a he has a feline sense of wisdom about him. He looks like a porcelain pot. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> Listen, I didn't. I, I forgot how enjoyable it was to talk to you. Do you know that you really are? You're a great. You're a great communicator, um, and uh, you're and you're funny as well. But but it's it's your communication which really kind of shines through, and your 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 joy in the subject that you're doing. You know. Um, so that's really coming through loud and clear, uh, Paddy. You're doing what you love, and that's what counts in somebody's life. Um, so fair play to you, and I'm delighted to see you're doing so many shows. Um, will you just get in touch with me when you're doing anything near Dublin? I see you're doing one in Greystones. Um, I am doing. Down I love the Whale Theatre in Greystones. Yeah. If there's anywhere, if there's any, if, if my time, if the times were right, just just send, if you can, just send me a, an update or whatever. Just say I'm in Dublin or whatever. Um, and I'd, if I, if the times are good, I'd love to come and see the show. Well, everybody should go to paddycullivan.com and see what show is near you. Uh, all my ticket links are there. But I will try and get a show out to Fox Rock, um, Mario. I know there's there's like a solid gold hall out there made of gold. Um, yeah, there is. And even, there is. And, 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 but like it only allows 50 people and it's like 9,000 euros a ticket. But Don't worry, Paddy. My house it. is big enough to stage your show. It's fine. See? <laughs> this is what I like to hear. We need, and this is another thing, Mario, we need aspirational success. We can't be pulling people down off the horse. You know, we got to say, mm. well done, man. Well done for mm. your success. Keep going. I think that Ireland, Irish people are getting a little better at saying that. You know, they are getting a bit better at, at kind of encouraging each other. We have this, I mean, the begrudgery thing does exist. Now, it exists in other mm. countries as well, the tall poppy syndrome. And it very much exists yeah. in the United Kingdom. It's huge in the United Kingdom. They fucking hate anybody who does well over there. Um, yes. um, that's why they like the Irish coming in because at least it isn't one of them I mean they'd much rather Wogan or, or, or Norton than one of their own because they, they'd slap them slate them yeah but you know you need be, but as long as like Michael O'Leary you're paying your taxes in the country then you can spend the whole time saying the country should be run by Michael O'Leary the whole place <laughs> like, the, and, as we all know, and as we all know that is the true what we're truly waiting for in a united Ireland that he will be yeah. taking over then finally um, everything will yeah, be a fiver everything will be a fiver there'll be priority breathing priority water drinking it'll be amazing yeah. everything will be five euros to breathe anything you want it's great <laughs> looking forward to that endless the comedy opportunities are endless Paddy yeah absolutely yes. um, listen thanks a million I um, really enjoyed that now And my thanks to Paddy for um, speaking to me today about I Can't Believe It's Not Ireland. Go see him. Check him out. Um, check him out on his website if you can. Just put his name in and he'll be there. Um, Paddy is a wonderful performer and I encourage you to catch him if you can at some stage. Okay, that's it. See you same time, same place next week.